On episode 521 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Robert Lahita, aka Dr. Bob, and discuss his book, Immunity Strong, Boost Your Natural Healing Power and Live to 100. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 521. If you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, and fitness nutrition, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA level two online trainer. I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. When people ask me who I listen to to keep up with what it takes to get and stay fit as we age, to learn new techniques and keep motivated, on the top of my list is Dr. Jonathan Sue, physical therapist, fitness expert, and the host of the Get Fit Guy podcast. It's part of the Quick and Dirty Tips Network. So in quick, smart episodes, Dr. Sue uses step-by-step explanations and scientific evidence to help you move through the world with ease and enjoyment. He covers practical topics like how stretching can improve cardiovascular health, exercises to help with knee pain, and how to get the most out of walking for exercise. And he'll share tips on how to avoid neck, back, and shoulder pain, ways to relieve post-exercise soreness, and what to eat before, during, and after your workout. Whether you want to begin an exercise routine and don't know where to start, or you're looking to shake things up, Dr. Sue's tip will help you reach your fitness goals and create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. Listen to new episodes of the Get Fit Guy every Tuesday. Just search for Get Fit Guy wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Ras, how are things going? Good, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Uh, made it through the new year. Um, getting into this year, you know, as we're recording this, we're just just getting into the new year, but now we're into January. And so this is kind of a a busy time for a lot of people that are trying to mm-hmm. change things. You know, this is well, this is kind of the season. January tends to, for a lot of people to be a season of change, a, a season of renewal, or a season of doing something different uh, mm-hmm. to try to make the next year even better. Um, but I'm guessing that some of the folks listening to this have always also probably already quit some of the resolutions, mm. some of the things that they started, um, because that's kind of the long tail of this is that people just start dropping off week three, week four, week five, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the gyms packed in January. In fact, the first day we were open, uh, this year was one of the busiest days we've ever had. And it's not wow. even, you know, you and I are talking, it's not even half over and we've already had more guests and more people sign up in the first four hours of being open than we would normally have in in a whole week. So, uh, yeah, this is the time that people get started, but I'm just here to encourage you to keep going. Just keep going. You're on the right track. If you're moving forward, you're on the right track. Keep moving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Please keep moving. I think about this time of year, it's quit day. There's a day for quit day and I can't remember what it is, but I think it's in February. I do think it's in February, but I I can just tell you from years and years of being a gym goer, mm-hmm. uh, it, it tails off 
you know, a lot of people will sign up the week before uh, New Year. Uh, you know, more people will then sign up in the first week and then it just, they blast for the first week and then it just starts ebbing down. And particularly like I was always in early morning. I was either in the gym early in the morning or in the middle of the day. And so that's again, mm-hmm. not peak time. I try to go when there's not a lot of people there. And so what you would see is, you know, five o'clock in the morning as a workout time, the, typically in a typical day, in a normal day of the year, there's three of us in there and we all know mm-hmm. each other. We don't know, maybe not even by name, but just that mm-hmm. head nod as you walk into you know. a gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know it's the same three guys and one girl mm-hmm. that occasionally comes in and gets on the treadmill, but that's it. And uh, then, you know, this time of year, we'll be 10, 15 people in there at five o'clock in the morning for about a week or so. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, it, to me, it's the people that, that overextend. It's like, are you really going to show up at five o'clock in the morning every day for the rest of the year? And, mm-hmm. and the short answer for most people is no, that's not sustainable. And so they kind of took that non-sustainable slam of, oh, I'm going to eat salads. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pack my lunch. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to over and over and over. And then oh boom, one thing goes south. It all just crumbles because it wasn't nice. sustainable. Oh, it's too much. It's yeah. too much to make such drastic changes across your entire life and expect to hang on to every single one. You know, we've talked about it before. Just take one thing, one change, make it 530 in the morning, gym day, couple of days a week, do it at noon or at night, the other couple of days a week. I mean, spread it out. You know, you don't have yeah. to make so many drastic changes all at once. Don't do it. But you did something <laughs> drastic. Polar plunge. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My local, my run club, run Caledonia run an incredible group of really brave, adventurous people. Uh, they decided to start a polar plunge. We did it last year. This I have different adjectives. I have different adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. I can imagine. Yeah. It's a little chillier up here than it might've been in other parts of the country or the world. But yeah, we, we uh, met after a run, we did a run together and we did a polar plunge in our little lake. Luckily there was not very much ice this year. We didn't have to hack through it like we did last year, but yep, it was still chilly, still icy and snowy up here, but yeah, it was super fun, super cold, but super fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else going on? Nope. Just excited. I love the new year. I love getting a new calendar. I love planning out my goals. I've got goals that'll last all year and uh, I'm still pondering what I want to do, but I I just love this. This is an exciting time of year for me. So I hope that other people find the excitement and hold on to that because that's, what's going to keep you motivated throughout the year. All right. Well, let's have a conversation with Dr. Lahita. Awesome. Our guest today is clinical professor of medicine at Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School, a professor at Newark Medical College, and the chairman of the Department of Medicine at St. Joseph's Healthcare System. He is the author of more than 16 books and 150 scientific publications in the field of autoimmunity. He is the editor of the standard textbook called Systemic Lupus Erythematosus and the senior editor of the textbook of autoimmunity. He is also the associate editor of the journal Lupus and co-editor of the Yearbook of Rheumatology. He is a reviewer for some 15 medical journals and on the editorial board of three. With no further ado, here is Dr. Robert Lajita. Dr. Lajita, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Now, I want you to step aside for a little while. Let me talk to Dr. Bob, uh, because Dr. Yes. Bob uh, is sort of more on my level of, of actually being able to explain these things in a way that I think is, is awesome. Now, don't get me wrong. Dr. Lahita is cool, and I really enjoy the science, the things I learned going through the book and the hard words and, the, and just kind of seeing it all pieced together uh, and the science, obviously. Uh, but yes. Dr. Bob is, is, he's my buddy right now. I, I like Dr. Bob because <laughs> he, he talks my <laughs> language. And then your book is called Immunity Strong, Boost yes. Your Natural Healing Power and Live to 100. Uh, yes. Again, all of that's really important to me. Uh, we've gone through a few years where uh, talking about the immune system is pretty much a daily thing. So I think a book like this uh, is huge. Uh, everybody needs to read this book because we we have to be the masters of our body. We have to be the masters of, in your way you put it, the city. Uh, we have to yeah. be the ones in control, the government of our of ourselves. So uh, exactly. thank you for writing this book. Thank you. Now, when you look at the immune system, you know, and we'll see things in newspapers and magazines and someone will say, well, this is a, you know, this works this way because of that. And we were taught germ theory when we were in high school. Uh, maybe some people even going into biology in college or at some level, we, we all kind of know, okay, there's these parasites, bacteria and viruses, and they get in our system and they, some of them are actually not too bad for us, actually maybe even better for us. Uh, but sometimes some of them are actually pretty bad buggers, criminals, as you put in the book. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they're, they're not out to kill us, but sometimes they end up doing that and just trying to live their lives the way they do um, or live yeah. their existence the way they do. Um, can you kind of take your, your first responders view of the immune system and just give us this general overview uh, so that someone who is reading a newspaper article can kind of wrap their mind around it, maybe just a little easier when they start throwing out beta cells and T cells and cytokines mm -hmm. and, and all those things. Can you kind of talk about that in terms of how our immune system basically works? Yes. Uh, so I've been explaining the immune system for many, many years to lay audiences. And I found over the years that the best way to explain this very complicated system, which exists in all of us, and that's what's amazing and most people don't realize is we are so complicated, but the immune system is the one of the most beautiful organ systems in the body. It's a protective network. So you can go to police departments or armies and you can see the same kind of protection set up in many, many layers and tiers in, the, in society as you see with our immune system. So we have basically two kinds of response. We have what we call an innate immune response, which I refer to as the SWAT team of the body. So when you have an injury or a bacterium enters you and it is not supposed to be in you, and we'll get into that in a minute, but like a virus, like influenza or a bacterium that goes into your foot because you stepped on a nail, this is all offensive to the body and the innate immune system goes to the scene of the crime. And interestingly enough, we have lymph nodes placed throughout the body in strategic locations. I like to refer to it as the, the, uh, the TSA of the immune system. You have lymph nodes in your groin, around your neck, anywhere where there's a possibility, even in, around the ears, where the possibility of a, bro a breach of your personal bodily security occurs, these, the immune system reacts and it reacts locally first with the innate response. 
and then about two to three days later with the adaptive immune response. Now, your listeners, I'm sure, have all heard of antibodies, the proteins in the blood that are very, very specific at times and affect invaders. We call them neutralizing antibodies because they go and they neutralize the criminal. I think of the invaders of the body as criminals. I go into this in great detail in the book so that the criminals then are carried away by a, a police department, if you will, specific cells designed to remove criminals and take them away either whole or in pieces to the spleen. The spleen, if you have one, and if you don't have one, the lymph nodes then become the place where the criminals, be they whole or in part, are removed. This goes on every millisecond of the day in our bodies, imperceptibly. You really don't know when this is happening unless you happen to step on a nail or slice your, uh, your hand with a knife or you have a tree limb fall on you, some major trauma. The immune system then jumps into action and plays a major role in keeping you protected and alive. So that's what happens. The foreign invaders are truly criminals. Uh, these, are, these are organisms, be they parasites, viruses, or bacteria, that the body has never seen before, unrecognizable. And so they are called antigens versus antibodies. Antigens are foreign invaders. Now, antigens are very, very serious and can kill you. If your immune system is challenged, either by you over-drinking alcohol by smoking cigarettes, or by having an inborn that is a genetically inherited defect in your immune response, you can die. And uh, there are other diseases uh, like cancer, like diabetes, like a lot of other things that can challenge your immune system and make it somewhat dysfunctional. And hence the reason for the current vaccines being given to people either 65 and older, where your immune system is beginning to wane in its strength, we can talk about that in a second. But the other thing is that if you're on chemotherapy for either an autoimmune disease or some sort of cancer that you have, like prostate cancer or breast cancer, you are at risk because your immune system is having a heck of a time trying to deal with the malignancy, but it's now also being asked to deal with a foreign invader. And, and people with other viruses like hepatitis C or even HIV have a tough time because their immune systems may not be able to mount an adequate protective response for their bodies. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I encourage everybody to get this book. If you want to learn how your immune system works and you're reading the newspapers and, and seeing the press and thinking, okay, none of this makes any sense to me, uh, get the book because he goes through it. It is, is fascinating the way you put this together. Um, I was, like I said, I was blown away by how simple you made it seem. <laughs> it's not simple, but you, you put together a really good analogy metaphor, if you will, of, of how this all works. So it can, it can literally take away all the jargon and just say, okay, I understand my body has a police force. There's different people on the police force doing different things. They're responding in different ways. Sometimes something's going to happen. That's going to kind of confuse my SWAT team and, and, and my police force, and they might actually even attack my own body, like in an autoimmune disease. Uh, and, and you do, like I said, it was to me, it was brilliant. And I, I really appreciate that and want people to, to learn this. So do that. Um, 
I want to take the next step because you, you took a next step, which is something that uh, is, it's important to me because as I get older, it's like, okay, how do I stay alive? And beyond just doing some practical things that we'll talk about later, you brought up a concept of what kind of keeps a lot of people alive longer than others. And it was the biological soul, but we have to give full credit to your wife because she came up with the term. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She's a wonderful artist. That's why she came up with that term. And I, and I love it. So tell her that, but explain the biological soul and, and why that's important for us to maintain our health, particularly in this environment today. There are very few organs that span the entire body, including the brain. The brain shares characteristics with the peripheral. When I say peripheral, I mean the rest of your body, your arms, your legs, your ovaries, your testicles, your your heart, lung, etc. So there are very few organs that are that extensive. One other organ might be your uh, skin, which is widespread. And... Uh, Injuries to the skin can be very, very severe and actually kill you. For example, a bad burn of a certain percentages of your body. The immune system is throughout the body. So that is what is so important. And it interacts with your body, your mind, your brain, directs most of the immune system and your spirit. Now, my, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not uh, a, one of these alternative doctors Uh, that does all of this hocus pocus stuff, but I'm a real uh, immunologist. And I would say that she's onto something with regard regard to the mind, body, and soul. The mind, if you're depressed, if you are stressed, if you uh, have a divorce, if you sell a house and have to move out to someplace, if you lose your job, all of this affects your immune system. And we know that from actual data. It's not something that is hocus pocus and made up by me. Whether you believe in God or have a religion or whatever, doesn't really matter. The spirituality of your body, that's the essence of who you are as a person, really runs what your immune system does. It really means a lot to be healthy, to exercise aerobically, that means outdoors if you can, uh, but to breathe oxygen on a daily basis in a big way and to, to really uh, stress your body a little bit physically, not mentally. But the biological soul permeates everything. It wants you, this soul wants you to live beyond the age of 100. And, you know, we have many, many people who are centenarians now. And the reason for that is good, healthy living. People have taken up the idea that in order to live a long time, they have to do things like, um, yoga and keep a good diet. Many people are vegetarians. Uh, many people take vitamins every day. Many people take care of their bones with calcium and vitamin D and so on and so forth. We now know now more than we knew 50 years ago about how to, how to stay healthy. And there are lots of things, and that's where the soul comes in because the biological soul, which was the original thing I call the immune system, Um, I called it the biological soul after she told me about this. And I said, wow, this is really amazing. This is true. Because when you die, your soul dies, your biological soul dies, your spiritual soul, if you believe in that, goes on and on and on into into the ethers. But your biological soul is really there to protect you. And, And it does so in a very, very amazingly complex way. And so that's why I called it the biological soul. I think a, a soul is a duality in everybody, spiritual, biological. If you're an atheist, 
You can still be a spiritual person. You can go out and enjoy the sunset. You can enjoy the ocean or, you know, being in the middle of a forest with nobody but you and the animals. That's what I mean by spirituality. Um, and the soul that we have, this biological soul, is there to protect us implicitly. And another point is that, you know, we're not the only ones that have these biological souls. I mean, if you go to the average uh, mouse or rat, which we experiment with, and by the way, this is where the data on the mind, body, soul came from, experimenting with animals with regard to light cycles and stressing mice on treadmills and other things, and seeing that their resistance, their cell populations dropped, their neutralizing antibody disappeared, etc. So this comes from animal work, animal research, which is very basic and is about 30 to 40 years old. So we now can extrapolate it to human beings. And so that kind of, without me going on and on and talking too much, when you read the book, you'll experience that kind of voila enlightenment about your, your own inner workings. Yeah. And I think we all know, we intrinsically know that there's this connection, this thing going on with us in the world uh, around yeah. us, the people around us. And, you know, you see it all the time. Someone uh, retires from their job, you know, they're 65 years old, they're in good, yes. seem to be in good general health, but two years later, they're gone or a spouse passes and within two years, the, the, the other spouse passes. Um, yes. And it's just kind of that loss of connection, loss of, you know, spirit, if you will, that now their immune system has just decided to shut down and let them terminate. Right. Exactly. And that happens all too commonly. And um, it is, it is important to understand what your body's all about and what's going on inside you. You don't have to be a doctor to have an appreciation and respect for your immune system. And there are protective networks in other species, even flies, uh, butterflies. I mean, I, when I go out now, you know, I look at animals differently. I look at plants, which have their own protective system as well. We all have these biological souls, which may actually philosophically be the basis of religion entirely. Uh, you know, whoever the creator was, uh, has imbued all of us, even the lowest species, with protection, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, there is this one creature, if you will. Uh, it's a coronavirus. We now call COVID-19, and there's various variations of it that have occurred over the last uh, two years or so, and maybe even longer, much longer, as you said in the book, I would you say 1959. I think a lot of us thought this was just going to, you know, we would get the vaccine. We would, most of us would take the vaccine or we would get it, survive, get it, die. But at some point we were talking herd immunity where we were talking about this being over. Um, and I don't think any of us, if you'd ask, if you were to ask me in, in February, March of 2020, when I was, I mean, when I was cut, shutting down my gym that I had just bought in June, I reopened in February of this year, but at the same time, if you'd have told me this was going to happen and, and last this long, I wouldn't have believed it. Right. But now it's almost like, well, this might never end. I mean, we might always have COVID-19. I think, well, yeah, we'll always have coronaviruses and rhinoviruses and those things right. because they just mutate, come back as a slightly different variant. We get it cold again and we move on. You know, it's a seasonal thing mostly, but you, you get that. The COVID doesn't seem to follow the seasons as well as most of the other things we've dealt with. And it seems to have its own little, whole little world uh, going north and south and east and west and past here and past there and 
This one's scary. That one's not. Can, is COVID endemic? Is this something we're always going to be dodging and dealing with? Well, it's not endemic yet. It will be shortly. It's pandemic right now because it involves and infects so many millions and millions of people. And um, this new Omicron variant, uh, which um, came around around Thanksgiving holidays and is uh, undoubtedly going to spread during the mixing of the Christmas holidays, uh, results in another uh, rush. Now, as I said in the book, uh, these viruses upregulate and they downregulate because that's what viruses do. Now, remember, viruses are not alive. They're particles. So they get into you and they use you to really replicate, to multiply. They don't have their own spirit. They don't have their own soul. Uh, they don't even have the soul of an earthworm. An earthworm at least has a nervous system and has an immune system of its own. The virus doesn't. So what our immune systems are doing essentially right now is they're learning to combat this virus as they do with every other virus. Once the virus is controlled by our collective, meaning collective being the world's immune systems, with the help of vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, and other new now new medications that are coming out that I can talk to you about, um, these, these viruses will be controlled and will become endemic. By what do we mean by endemic? They're going to be with us forever because a coronavirus, not the novel coronavirus, the COVID-19, but the regular coronavirus has been the cause of the common cold for the past five or 600 years in humans. And so it's around, and this virus is a first cousin to that coronavirus. So I suspect that we will get a shot every year with the inclusion of multiple variants and the beauty of molecular medicine now, unlike 1918 during the flu pandemic, is we can look actually at the RNA that lives inside of this virus and we can tell where the glitches are, where the mutations are, and what and how to overcome these mutations. Our bodies are doing the same thing. Our protective police network are doing that via T cells and B cells, which you don't hear much about. All people talk about is neutralizing antibody. Well, neutralizing antibody comes and goes, and it's not present in everybody. And some people have strong responses, and some people don't. But I talk about that in the book that you know we have our own cellular immunity which is long lasting. It's your ability of your police department to know who the criminals are. It's basically be on the lookout for X, Y, Z, BOLO. The police use this term, be on the lookout. And when you're exposed to coronaviruses, some of us have immune systems that already recognize it. Even the novel coronavirus, many of us have immune systems that don't, and they have to learn about it vis-a-vis -vis vaccines. That's what a vaccine does. It teaches your immune system to recognize a foreign invader. So that was a long answer to your question, but I don't think we're at the endemic stage yet. We're still in the pandemic stage. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, sure. I like practical, you know, <laughs> just as my thing. Um, yes. I, I don't want to necessarily depend on someone else to help me if I can do something to help myself. And in the book, you shared some tips, some areas that we should focus on to maximize mm -hmm. what our own immune system can do for us. Because yes. um, I think we've seen healthier people have better health outcomes with Corona. Yes. What are some things that we should be focused on right now for ourselves to have the best immune system possible? Well, aside from mitigating the current infection, which means wearing a mask, washing your hands, et cetera, 
the way to really handle the coronavirus and to make sure you're in tip top shape, and this goes for older people as well, people that are in their 70s and 80s, is to exercise every day in some way. And number two, if you can meditate even 10 minutes a day uh, to relax your brain, remember the brain controls the immune system. And if you're super stressed, you're going to get a horrible infection. You will recover from it in all likelihood, but you may wind up regretting that you are so stressed out. So that's important. Sexual relationships, intimacy, doesn't have to have sexual relationships, but if you do, if you can, great. It can be you know, un, uh, homosexual or heterosexual, but nevertheless, there are certain hormones that are elicited within our bodies that really promote immune function. I'll just mention two of them, prolactin in women in particular and in men, but less so in men, and um, the, the hormone oxytocin, which comes about from uh, intimate relationships. And that those two neurohormones are very important to immune function. Now, we have communication molecules in our bodies called cytokines, that, that literally means cell communication. And we have chemokines that tell cells where to go. And most people don't know this, but in that complex police department, which in real life in New York City, for example, they use two-way radios to talk and say, you know, somebody's been shot, I need help. Well, in your immune system, the chemokines and the cytokines are released immediately by your innate immune system, certain cells, T cells. And uh, this, tells, this tells your body that there's, there's an invasion. And when the coronavirus comes in through your na nasopharynx in your nose and through your mouth, that happens. There's an alarm that goes out. And your immune system, not being familiar, will try to find the novel coronavirus in its library of criminals. And if the library of criminals doesn't include it, it sets up a new response so that if you're rechallenged, your, your cells are, you're, you're recognizing this. So what the vaccine does is it teaches your immune system that this criminal is not unique and new. You can be infected with the coronavirus ad nauseum. People say, oh, I got vaccinated and my test is positive. Well, you, that's okay. You got the virus residing in your nasopharynx. You can transmit it to somebody else if you're not wearing a mask or you're sloppy but you're not gonna get sick and die. You're not gonna be on a respirator because your immune system's already familiar. It recognizes this virus. And that's, that's cool, it's really cool. That's the only <laughs> term that I can think of to say, this is a cool way to have your, your own body respond, imperceptibly, I might add, to your coronavirus. Now, one glitch there is that we all have what's called immunogenetics, we inherit how our systems work, like our hearts, our brains. We inherit how our lungs work from our forefathers, from our grandparents, from our great-grandparents, and so on. So if you're unlucky to have bad immunity uh, through immunogenetics being not so great, that could be a problem. And uh, that we usually find to be very rare, and uh, yet it does exist out there. And for example, this to give you an example of that would be a tennis player or some guy who's an athlete who gets the coronavirus and succumbs very quickly. And that's happened. We've seen these muscular guys who are in good health. They look like the picture of health. They get the coronavirus and three days later, they're on a respirator. And then five days later, they die. So you don't know. The biological soul is different in each individual. 
and it depends on a lot of factors. But in order to keep you healthy and to boost your immune system, exercise. And I don't mean marathon running or triathlon. I mean simply jogging, bicycling, uh, getting on the elliptical for like 30 minutes uh, every other day. You don't even have to do it daily. Get yourselves in tip-top shape. Lose weight. This coronavirus likes fat cells. We've known that. It's been published this week, past week, in the New York Times. Fat is a wonderful substrate for the virus. It likes to live in fat. It, it hides itself in the fat cells. So get thin, lose weight. If you never did before, now's the time to do it. Once this thing becomes a, endemic, we're going to see it every year. We're not going to see as many cases, but we're going to see it from now until, until the end of time. So that's a long-winded answer to your question. Dr. Bob, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Okay, so I, met, I've, I mentioned a few, but the way I see staying well is to exercise, number one. Number two, there's moderation to everything. If you like to drink wine, great. Drink on the weekends, have a glass of wine every day, every other day, but don't have a bottle a day. Uh, if you're an alcohol drinker, drink very moderately. Uh, I, I think exercise is incredible. For those who, who are religious out there, and I know in Latin America, uh, religion is important. Prayer is extremely important and very strong force, um, a very strong force, even if you're not a religious person. Prayer or is, is prayer is like a way of meditation. Yoga, the Chinese have it in Tai Chi and Qigong. If you've been to China and you see the people doing Tai Chi every morning or Qigong every day, uh, you see that they're extremely healthy. They keep themselves very thin. It's a good way to live. Again, if you're a jogger, jog. You don't have to do, in fact, I say in my book that and the data show that if you're a runner and you run marathons or triathlons, it's actually not a good thing because it does at some point you reach a curve where your immune system begins to be oppressed by over-exercising. So, and then of course, relationships is very, very important. Meditation is important. Uh, and of course, a good diet is critical. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Bob, if someone wanted to learn more about you or more about the book, Immunity Strong, where would you like for me to send them? Well, they can get, they can pre-order the book on Amazon now. If they want me, they can go to my website, which is drboblahita.com, and I'm there, and uh, they can always write to me, send me an email, look at me on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. So I have many ways that you can see me. A lot of my TV appearances talking about the book or about the immune system are out there now, and um, I welcome people to come and contact me, and I'll, I'll, if I can, I will personally respond to them. Great. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 521, and I'll be sure to have the links there. So Dr. Bob, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate talking to you, and I hope the listeners have gained some insight into how our immunity works. And the title of the book is Immunity Strong, and I mean that, Immunity Strong, the biological soul in, in its full force today during the pandemic. Welcome back, Raz. 
Hey, Alan, what a fascinating interview. I really need to read this book. I am fascinated about the immune system and all its complicated workings. This was a great interview. Yeah, he he did an outstanding job because, you know, I I read a lot um, doing this mm-hmm. podcast and and just other things that because this is this topic obviously interests me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it for over six years. But, um, you know, the immune system is one of those things where uh, it is so critical to us staying alive. And I remember this from when I was really, really young. There was a, there was a movie that John Travolta was in called Boy in a Bubble or something like that. And the kid mm-hmm. didn't have an immune system. And mm-hmm. so he had to live in a bubble his entire life and, you know, went through all the way to his teens. Cause his, I guess his parents could afford to put him in a, a room and a, then a suit and a, things like that, which a lot of people wouldn't have access to. So that's just kind of one of those things of saying, okay, what if you didn't have an immune system or now we're seeing more and more with autoimmune disease, what happens mm-hmm. if you have an overactive immune system? And so if you're dealing with autoimmune issues or dealing with leaky gut or dealing with a lot of other things that all are related to your immune system, then this is a good book to get just so you can kind of pick up on what those words are, what they mean. What is a cytokine mm-hmm. storm and what does that actually mean? And, you know, what are these T cells and beta cells and all these different things that you hear about when more and more, particularly with uh, COVID, we're hearing these terms. Mm-hmm. And so kind of at least understanding it so that you're making the right decisions for yourself and for your family uh, and making sure that you're taking care of this system because it's, it's not something you just stop taking care of and hope for the best. Right, right. Well, I, I appreciate how he broke it down in a really fun um, analogy using the term SWAT team <laughs> and having TSA uh, agents kind of monitoring things. And my other favorite uh, term, BOLO, be on the lookout so that your body has its own way to be on the lookout for certain invaders like COVID or any other uh, flu and cold and other invaders. <laughs> yeah, That's so. why when you'll, you'll hear something like they'll say, okay, uh, because of the nature of this uh, variant, uh, your body, if you've already had it or you've been vaccinated, your body's better prepared for it when it happens mm-hmm. because it's got that bolo going on versus <laughs> yes. a, a, a virus like typically a cold virus. It mutates mm-hmm. so fast that by the time you get re-exposed to another round of or another variant of even maybe the same cold, it is so very different. Your body doesn't respond to it. When we get flu shots, they're they're not giving you one flu shot. I mean, it's not one thing. It's like three or four things that they think might be because by the might time be. they get it manufactured, they don't know it's going to mutate mm-hmm. several times, but they're trying to get as close as possible to a mm-hmm. few different types of variants that they think will give you that opportunity for your body to respond the right way. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting science watching how they monitor other parts of the world to determine what kind of threats we might have here. But you know what? That's kind of like he mentioned, that's almost like being on the defense. Like we're waiting for something to happen. We're being responsive. But on the other side of the coin, we could be a little bit more proactive by paying better attention to the things that we do in our normal day-to-day lives that kind of protect us from yeah. these types of situations. Absolutely. And that's the takeaway of this is you can be passive and let science do what science does. Go get your shots, do your thing, uh, mm-hmm. avoid people, <laughs> lock yourself away. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you want to live your life, um, mm-hmm. which all of us do, 
then we can be proactive in the way we approach these things. So instead of being passive, we're active. And that active is exercise, yeah. eating right, mm-hmm. uh, getting good sleep, stress management, having great mm-hmm. relationships. What, yeah. what, now, what is the, if you listen to me for any time at all, what, what does that go back to? That goes back to just being healthy. Yeah. It goes back to weight loss. And we say weight loss is uh, sort of a side effect. Well, a strong immune system is a side effect of living a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. And to have a strong immune system means that we can manage all of these different types of uh, illnesses a lot easier. You know, when the common cold comes around every summer or the flu every winter, pneumonia, you know, we could, if, as long as we take good care of our bodies, our bodies will respond faster um, to these invaders. And then we won't have the side effects or the serious illness that often comes with these things. Yeah. And, and the thing about this that I want to put out there that I think is really important to think about is this, this is not a point in time that's just going to go away. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about COVID being endemic and what that means is that mm-hmm. there's probably always going to be a version of this floating around somewhere, just not a lot of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it could come back around and surge back up and be kind of dangerous, but mm-hmm. we're always going to be dealing with flus. We're always going to be dealing with colds and there's many uh, cancers that are form of viruses. And if you just think back, uh, uh, you know, bird flu, H1N1, uh, AIDS, like every five to 10 years, something kind of sparks up in the world. You know, there's almost 8 billion of us right now. So something Mm -hmm. sparks up in the world that has the potential to be just another one of these things. Now, Mm -hmm. why does it not happen? Well, because people have, some people have strong immune systems and then so it peters out. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of one of those things of saying you do have control, mm-hmm. get vitamin D, get outside, get some sunshine, get some yeah. vitamin D, make sure you're eating right, which means whole foods, mm-hmm. you know, where you're getting good energy, good vitamins, good minerals, and then exercise, mm-hmm. you know, it basically, it puts a resilience on your body uh, that nothing else can. It's, it's a hormetic effect of push yourself and get stronger And just that work, your body is getting better. And then stress management and sleep, those are two hard ones. Don't get me wrong. I know because I've I've Mm -hmm. been down that road before. And I know that sleep is hard because we have so much to do. And I know that stress management, which was the hardest and last thing I tackled as far as I was going, was how do do I do this? And, you know, Mm -hmm. I did something pretty drastic that a lot of people can't do. But just having mitigating tools and, and knowing that's your issue and, and yeah. focusing on it. So a healthy lifestyle equals mm-hmm. a healthy immune system and a lot of other downstream effects of weight loss, more energy, better everything. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely perfect. Great tips. All right. Well, Rachel, with that, I'll a bid, a bid you adieu and we will talk <laughs> next week. Take care, Ellen. You too. Thanks. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Julie Wilcox and discuss her book, The Win-Win Diet, how to be plant-based and still eat what you love. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.